1: Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree.
2: No down now. Uh. Good Monday yeah. morning to you Check right here down, on now. a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network Series XM Channel 204, Visa.com, the Visa no app, doubt, Fubo yeah. Sling and Game Plus, guessing lines for week number nine in the National Football League. That's what we do here on Mondays. Uh, we'll look back, of course, to all the games in week eight. Uh, and we do this with a gentleman who was not able to make it last week. Uh, but, of course, he's the star of the show, and he's back with us this week. We could not be happier. He's the South Point Sportsbook Director. Chrissy Andrews, good morning to you, Chris. How are you? I'm not too bad, Gil. Feeling uh, way better than I did last week, that's for sure. Before we get into any of this, uh, of the uh, system that we do here on the show, which is I'm in a cocoon. This is a tribute to the old Stardust radio show of the same uh of the same ilk where we go through the lines. You tell us what we're going to post. I'm in a cocoon. I guess then. Before we get into any of that, can you walk us through, because I think that you are beloved for sure, uh, and so I think people want to know how you when you first felt symptoms, what were they like, how bad did they get, what was the full arc, how do you feel now, et cetera. Take us back to the first time you felt something odd.
3: Well, last Thursday, you know, probably like late in the afternoon, I just started coughing and coughing and coughing, and um, you know, I just in this day and age, my first thought is, geez, do I do I have COVID? You know, and uh, that night I went home, tried to sleep. It was up all night. I, you know, I couldn't sleep more than ten fifteen minutes at a time because my coughing would just wake me up. Finally, went to uh, you know uh, you know a, a, an easy boy and a lazy boy chair, got a little bit of sleep here so I could sleep a little better that way. So I got up in the morning feeling just weird, you know, uh, had to run to the bathroom on occasion. Took my temperature, it was 97.0 at one point. And then, you know, I know that's not a fever, it's the exact opposite, but something's wrong. You know, then I took it like about half an hour later and it was 99.9. So, and I usually run a little low. So 99.9 for me is a pretty high fever. So, you know, I kind of went through, you know, did it like again a half hour later. We're down to 97, another half hour up to 99.9. I said, well, something is wrong. If it's COVID, I certainly don't want to get the rest of the world sick. You know, so I ran, you know, uh, Michael Vaughn set us up to get tested, to get tested fairly quickly. Uh, So I went in, got tested. You know, they told, well, it'll be six to 12 hours before we let you know. You know, okay they call me back like in an hour They said, no you got it So I, I think it's one of those deals where if you got it they get back to you right away and uh so they put you know my doctors in usc that's i stayed in contact with them throughout this because they originally had warned me yeah, you gotta try not to get this with my immune system sure you know which they had to wipe out in order for the transplant you know uh so i caught they put me on some stuff um and, and it, really, it started helping like after about day four or five, I could see I was, I started getting better, like actually fairly dramatically, but you know, and then it's just been getting better ever since. But let me just back up for a second. So I found that on Friday. I also, and I posted this on Twitter, just a little note about it without too many details. A good friend of mine got it on the Monday before, so like four or five days before, Got it that day and died the same day. Oh my god! You know, so so, you must have been terrified. And you know, yeah, I was terrified. And like I said, you got other guys. You know, like I I saw where Bobby Bowden, he's like ninety-one. He sailed through it in a couple days. You know, so there's so much about this disease they just don't know you know, affect somebody so differently. Like I said, my friend, he was 63, so a year younger than me. And he died the same day. And then I know another guy. And again, I don't want to say the company or the name or anything. like that, but a good friend of mine, he works with a guy, an executive, you know, so he had pretty good care and all that. He's had it since like March and can't get rid of it. You know, so this disease is just, you know, like I said, four or five years from now, they'll come back and say, wow, we really discovered a lot, you know, about But but right now, it's just brand new. They don't know. It affects people really differently. And I'm not sure they know exactly why. But I was very, very lucky. And, you know, beforehand, they thought I would be one of the guys that wasn't very lucky. But, you know, I was, you know, for whatever reason. I don't know. know, But uh, I feel much better today. Uh, you know, last week, yo, I couldn't even talk. I couldn't get on your show because I couldn't talk. Yeah. I, you know, m- m- my voice was so bad. I pre- And if I talked for more than, like, a minute, I would just start coughing. So I just couldn't do the show last week. But, you know, I feel a lot better today. I'm going to probably get tested again probably tomorrow. So today's day 11. And, uh, you know, probably get tested tomorrow. i got to see kind of what the protocols are. And uh, go from there and, uh, you know, hopefully I test negative. I, you know, I do feel pretty good, I can tell you that. So, okay. But I do cough, uh, you know, occasionally, but it's not terrible like
2: it was. Okay, but the, the rules are if you, if you feel not up to anything in the next two hours, you're allowed to leave in the middle. That's the rule. Or we agree on that. Okay. All right. All right. okay. You, you, you were literally okay. – by the way, it's Gil Alexander, Chris Andrews. It is a numbers game right here at Visa the Sports Betting Network. Uh, guessing lines for week nine. That's what we're about to do here uh, for the National Football League. Our Monday tradition uh, – because last thing on this, obviously you, Chrissy, based on your, your, your pre existing conditions, you were the last guy, right? The last guy we wanted to get yeah. this. So yeah. I'm just so yeah. – uh, speak on behalf of everybody how thrilled we are that you're doing better. Um, so – good good you have no idea yeah, well i'm sure you. you do you you more than thank anybody yeah
4: you, you do yeah, yeah i have an idea yeah <laughs>
3: yeah
2: okay well let's begin with thursday and as, as always during this we'll take a look back okay. to what was here this past week
3: okay thursday we have green Bay at san francisco Ooh,
2: this it's gonna be tough to make because we don't know who's playing for san francisco i don't think <clears throat> jimmy garoppolo uh goes <laughs> you out. know
3: yeah. they got him questionable
2: yeah, and then there's George Kittle, too, with a foot injury, right? Both Garoppolo and yeah. Kittle left that game yesterday uh, and did not return uh, for the Niners. The Niners losing to Seattle 37-27 to 27 in a game that, quite frankly, wasn't that close. Um, San Francisco surpasses its loss total already from last season with their fourth loss. Jimmy G was 11 of 16 for 84 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked three times before he was uh, off the field. Next to Baltimore, this is the thing about Garoppolo that gets me, and I'll get to, I, I realize it's a Green Bay at San Francisco, so we usually start with the away team. But the thing that gets me about about Garoppolo is that next to Baltimore, he has probably the best running game in the league. You plug in anybody in there, and they have this fabulous running game. And so he's got the biggest windows there are on play-action passes, but he throws pick after pick. So I, they just can't be happy with what they're seeing from him. It's his third game this year with no touchdowns and at least one pick. Mullins came in, Nick Mullins, 18 of 25 for 238. Two touchdowns, yeah. no picks, no sacks. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was the biggest target uh, in terms of the receiving game. Eight for 91 and a touchdown. Minnesota yesterday, excuse me, Green Bay yesterday, though, loses to Minnesota, and they lose outright. One of seven favorites uh, this week to lose outright. Green Bay loses to Minnesota 28-22, also a game that probably wasn't quite as close as the final score indicates, but Green Bay had a shot at the end. It was a weird game. It was one of these games where Green Bay started out with a 13-play, 75-yard touchdown drive, and then Minnesota came back with a 10-play, 73-yard touchdown drive, and that was basically the first quarter. Then Green Bay came back with a 15-play, 72-yard touchdown drive in the second quarter. Minnesota followed with a 12-play, 67-yard touchdown drive, and that was basically the first half. Third quarter starts, Minnesota, 10-play, 85-yard touchdown drive. There were no punts in this game till the fourth quarter. Minnesota scored a touchdown on their first four drives, and that 28-14 lead, that flip after the half, is really what decided this game. Again, 28-22. But this is tough. Without knowing if Garoppolo or Kittle, what their status is, and I'm not sure Garoppolo matters, is I guess what I was getting at earlier. I- I'll say a pick 'em because I don't really know what else to make it. Yeah, it's two
3: and a half. I even see a, a three, uh, a couple threes with juice on the dog.
2: Um, I'm assuming know, in I, favor of Green Bay. I don't so. know. Yeah, 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 yeah i go a little it's two and a half. But, you know, the, the Jimmy G
3: thing, I mean, it's just really interesting. You know, uh, let's start with that you know, when you say somebody's wildly inconsistent, usually it means he's bad, you know, but he's truly inconsistent, and I was reading one of the guys, I think just Tim calmly said, and let's not forget, you know, a couple months ago in the Super Bowl, he was probably eight minutes away from being the MVP, Yeah. and then now you just see him, and sometimes he looks incredibly good, and other times he looks incredibly bad, and yesterday he looked incredibly bad, and uh, Nick Mullins, it was one of those guys where I, I, when, I see, when I see him play, I think, well, you know, this kid isn't bad. He's okay. But then you start looking at some numbers, and he doesn't produce. Now, yesterday he did. And if you look at his numbers, where's my notes here? This QBR was 97.0. That's really high. But in a game, like you said, you know, not nearly as close yeah. as the score would indicate. And um, Seattle... You know, uh, against kind of like our prejudices, because we keep thinking of Seattle does great defense. Their defense is terrible this year. So, um, but I don't know what to think about Mullins and Garoppolo. You think there's no difference? You know, you might be right. I, I think there's a little bit, but, uh, you, you know, you might be dead on. Anyway, I kind of like it a little higher. Uh, you know, well, I mean, I didn't like the pit. Um, I, I see two and a half. I'm going to open it two and a half. I don't think it's worthy of a three. But you know, Green Bay has now played a couple bad games in a row. Uh, I had them really in the highest echelon of this league. I had to drop them down a little bit after after two games like that. Uh, but I, I'm going to open two and a half. I think that's okay. But I, you know, I, I, this is going to be really interesting with the short week and the numerous injuries that the 49ers have had throughout the year. I was checking my notes. Another thing too: no, no team has swung more in my power ratings than San Francisco just yeah. but primarily because of the injuries.
2: They're very difficult to sort of pin, pin down all because of those injuries, right? They've just been a mash unit. But I think the Kittle one is the is potentially the biggest of all of them, so we'll see if he's able to play in this game or not. Um, yeah, so I don't really know what to make of that line. Let's go to Sunday morning. Jason Kahn is here, by the way. How many how many Sunday morning games do we
0: have, Jason? It is uh, three late games and eight early games. So like yesterday. Okay. All right.
2: What's first, Chrissy? I'm sorry.
3: Seattle at Buffalo. Ooh, another good game.
2: Seattle at Buffalo. Wow, yeah. things are looking up with these matchups. Uh, Seattle, as we mentioned, beats the uh, beats the Niners yesterday, 37 to 27. Russell Wilson. 27 of 37 for 261. Four touchdowns, no picks. Sacked just twice. And DK Metcalf was the man yesterday. 12 catches for 161 yards. Both career highs, two touchdowns. It is Russell Wilson's third game this season with four plus touchdowns and no picks. He has 26 touchdown passes. That's the second most in history through seven games. You may recall Tom Brady, 27 back in 2007. And the Seahawks are the only team with 27-plus points in every game this season. They were 9 of 15 on third downs. By the way, there were minus 2 in turnovers in that game against the uh, Niners yesterday. Still one. Last uh, Seattle score—oh, here was my little note that I made. I was- I make little notes, and so I'm like, what am-, what am I saying here? There was one thing at the end of that game. Uh, it was Seattle's last scoring drive, and Russell Wilson— intended to go in for a slide, but sort of did a hesitation move on the slide and then slid anyway, and the Niners' defender hit him and got flagged, which helped that final drive. They can't throw flags if if a quarterback is going to do some hesitation on that. You can't fake a slide and then go into a slide and get flagged. That was the one thing I was like – that that was a, one of these officiating notes where I'm just like, that's, uh, that's not going to work for this league. Um, Buffalo yesterday somehow beats the Patriots – the Patriots do get the cover in this game. Buffalo wins it 24 to 21. But Cam Newton and the Pats were driving late. And Cam Newton fumbled the football. Josh Allen was 11 of 18 for 154. No touchdowns. Uh, one pick. He was sacked once. He was uh, 10 for 23 on the ground with a touchdown. Stefan Diggs, six catches for 92. Bill's first home win versus the Pats since 2011. Uh, but Seattle is at Buffalo. I don't think there's any way Buffalo can be favored in this game. I think people are sort of on to Buffalo's absolute one-dimensional game on offense, and New England, for goodness' sake, New England almost beat them. So I'll say, I'll split the difference between three and a pick. I'll say Seattle minus one and a half on the road.
3: Uh, you're a shade light. It's two and a half. I even see two and a half with some juice. Uh, one, two. I want two. I got like three, three threes with juice on the dog. Uh, I'm going to two and a half. Um, I, I, I forgot to mention this during the San Francisco game, but there is a huge steam from the wise guys on San Francisco yesterday. Hmm. And uh, I have to kind of respect that because it was really, you know, from guys I highly respected now were they betting on San Francisco or were they betting against Seattle. And that's a question you have to ask yourself. The thing is Seattle's defense is terrible. And, uh, <laughs> hey Gil, I got the root for Russell Wilson yesterday I was there bad, you go. You know, for big teams. <laughs> <laughs> I got the root for I got a couple I got a couple every year that was one of them uh but I do have to wonder you know what went into that handicap because I mean it really was huge, huge steam um so i, I, I like the two and a half, but I got to tell you my power ratings that i still I still regard Seattle like really really good um but those defensive flaws, but you know, is Russell Wilson enough to overcome them? A lot of times he is. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I like the two and a half. I think it's not worthy of a three. I think three they would take. Um, I have a feeling we'll get the three at some point during this week. And we may even close three come Sunday.
2: I assume with those seven dogs winning outright this week so far that you've had a phenomenal weekend from a book's perspective. No complaints. I'm No, no complaints. All right. Uh, and by the way, for and bookies th- always find something to complain yeah. about. Believe
3: me, but I got no. complaints. And
2: you got none. Yeah. Uh, by the way, for those landing on this show again, not only is it a tribute to the old Stardust Radio Show, but we often find that our first impressions here on Monday are the best. Uh, as a better from the betting side of things, last week the two lines when we did a bastardized version, we didn't do guessing lines without you, Chrissy, but Jason and I just went through the games because I had taken all these notes. Might as well not waste them. But we didn't do a guessing lines. We didn't put it in podcast form. But the two lines that definitely stuck out as odd last week uh, were the Steelers and the Ravens, which I could not understand how that was five and a half on Monday morning. It just makes no sense. And the other one was Denver and, uh, and the Chargers, which I believe I sort of said something like, listen, I don't know why I like Denver, but Anthony Lynn and the Chargers will figure out a way not to cover this. So those are, those are the only two. Uh, we'll get to those games. Uh, let's do one more here on uh, Sunday morning for week nine already in the NFL.
3: All right, Broncos at the Falcons.
2: There they are, Broncos at the Falcons. Falcons will be on extra rest. They're coming off their Thursday night win against the Carolina Panthers. Denver yesterday, Drew Locke, 26 of 41 for 248. Three touchdowns, one pick, he was sacked twice. Phillip Lindsay, six of 83, six, four 83, I should say, for a touchdown. And, and with a touchdown, it was a 55-yard scamper that really gave Denver life in the second half, down 21 yesterday. I mentioned uh, Atlanta's win over Carolina this past Thursday. Matt Ryan was 21 of 30 for 281, no touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked twice. Julio came alive, seven for 137. Uh, they dominated Carolina in terms of time of possession, 36:30 to 23:30. Um, I'll get into the well. I might as well since we have time talk about Denver and the uh, Chargers. I'm going to wait till the Chargers portion of this, but I might as well with uh, Denver being here. The Chargers yesterday that that is their. Let's put up the, the, the tweets, if we can, Jason, on the Chargers. They were up yesterday 24-3. to 3. Uh, So another 21. And it was that Lindsay, that Lindsay run early in the second half, or at least in the third yeah. quarter, that sort of lit the fire to the Broncos. You're like, oh, well, that was quick. Here's Daniel Popper. Chargers blown leads in the last four games. 17 points, 17 points, 16 points, 21 points. That's virtually impossible virtually impossible espn stats and information puts it uh in perspective here teams when leading by 17 plus this season entering last night's game chargers 0 and 3 all others 52 and 4 and then there's one more from espn stats and i mean that's um, that's impossible Oh, Chargers 0-3, the rest of the league 52-4. Chargers, the first team in NFL history to lose three straight games in which they led by 17 points. The 2020 Chargers also joined the 2003 Falcons as the only teams in NFL history to lose three games after holding a 17-point lead in NFL history. That's uh, courtesy of Elias as well. So yesterday it wasn't so much the fact that it was any specific Anthony Lynnism. I think people are... You know the fact that it's the the fourth or fifth such episode of this. By the way, Steven Vegas who follows us seven hundred two Steve Sports. Um, oh, that's a different one coming up. That's for another game. Um, I'm like a dog being distracted by tweets here and different screens in the building. Um, <laughs> but the, char- the yesterday the Chargers are up up twenty four to three. Okay, having blown four leads of sixteen plus as we just talked about. But the they gave up plays the Chargers did to the Broncos of fifty five yards. That was the Lindsey run a 43-yard pass to Judy on a subsequent drive, and then a 40-yard touchdown later. And so it was these huge plays on defense that they were giving up. Yes, there was a couple penalties, but this one was just sort of a— this wasn't like, you know, Anthony Lynn making one poor decision. This was just a full, full collapse on the part of the Chargers' defense— as Drew Locke and the uh, Broncos all of a sudden looked like the uh, 1991 Redskins. All that said, Atlanta will be a favorite at home with extra rest. I'll say it's four and a half.
4: Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds
3: Wow, your, uh, your number is better than what I came up with. Uh, I see four, and it's pretty much a solid four. Mm. I thought this game would be a lot closer to three. Um, you know, I went through some of my notes uh, Like about every four weeks. I'm going to do it again this week, just, just for myself. I take notes on teams, like, what do I think? Where are they going? You know, where have they been? Blah, blah, blah. Well, and I l- was looking over my notes before this week's uh, games, and Denver, I had pegged. I said, you know what? There's... I don't think they are going to win a lot of games, but I think they're starting to become a, a very live dog. And I said the same thing about the Bengals, by the way. But I thought the Broncos were going to be a very live dog. Uh, and, and you know, I, I agree with you yesterday, though. I have to admit, since I'm still not 100%, I kind of fell asleep during the late afternoon game. I woke up in time to see the, the Broncos score. Well, it was one of the few games we lost. So I don't know everything that happened. I do remember the Lindsay run. But I think the Broncos are... You know, I don't like the coach. Not crazy about the quarterback. I think there's some team, there's some talent on that team, and I, you know, I think for me, I, I think anything over three, I'd be looking to take the dog. I am an open four just because that's where it, where it is everywhere, but I kind of lean towards the dog on this one. And uh, you know, I think they show up, and Atlanta's another very hard team to figure. They just they blow a lot of leads, but. Yeah, they look pretty good on Thursday night, you yeah. know, And uh, but I don't think they deserve to be a four. I like them a little lower.
2: I had Denver yesterday, um, and don't get me wrong. There were penalties on the Chargers, so it is part of an overall team culture. But, man, how Anthony Lynn still has a job, I, I have no idea. We'll come back. We'll do more. Week 9 in the NFL, Guessing Lines with Chrissy Andrews, right here in the Numbers Game at Visa and the sports Betting Network. With our friends at Circa with the Circa Millions and Survivor. Uh, Circa Millions, Carnage Bills, Titans, number one and two most popularly picked teams. Goodbye, goodbye. Loss, loss. Uh, fifth most popular team picked, the Rams. Nope. By the way, the Rams-Dolphins box score, which we'll get to, is perhaps the funniest box score you will ever see in your life. So one, two, and five. Bills and Titans being the biggest defenders in Circa a Million. Then there's Circa Survivor, which had 350 left. Remember, there were 1,390 before the season. With 350 on the button left, three entries not placed in. Missed the deadline. So it goes to 347. Only 16 others knocked out, Titans and Packers.
0: Only five people picked the Packers. It's a pretty sharp survivor group by the way. When you consider that those was the most tickets in the Packers uh, yeah, uh, MGM, MGM yeah. uh,
2: grid last week. Of course, there's planning involved in this and scheduling, you know, grids and stuff. Eagles was the biggest sweat for people. 141 people. We'll get to the Eagles Cowboys in a minute. Good Lord. Bucks pending tonight, 79, but, uh, I think the Bucks will roll the Giants. You know one of these games where you're like, I think this team is gonna roll the other team and you're you're worried about sounding stupid in the end? I do not care about st- sounding stupid. I think the Bucks will destroy them. But 79 people have the Bucks tonight against the Giants for thoroughness's sake. All right. Chrissy, Chris Andrews with us from the South Point Hotel Casino. Feeling better today? Let's do another one for Sunday morning, week nine.
3: Okay, next up we have the
2: Bears at the Titans. The Bears. Bears and the Titans. Ooh, good game again. It's a good little week. Yeah, uh, we got some yeah, we Some good games. There. Chicago loses yesterday to New Orleans, twenty-six to twenty-three, and they do so in overtime. Um, see that play? you see, Wims hitting, uh, hitting the uh, guy on the Saints a couple times. Ejected. He's going to get a suspension. He may, yeah. he may get released. That was ridiculous. Um, but New Orleans pulls it out, twenty-six to twenty-three. New Orleans did not have Michael Thomas in this game, which was huge. Alvin Alvin Kamara filled up a stat sheet. But as far as the Bears are concerned, Nick Foles was 28 of 41 for 272. Two touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked five times by the Saints' D. Allen Robinson, 6 of 87 for a touchdown. Let me just say this. on On that final drive that Chicago ended up tying the game on, how does that Chicago fumble get waved off for forward progress? Did you see that? Chicago had a, the, there was a pass. There was no whistle and it was, it was probably forward progress. I'm not saying it wasn't, but there was no whistle. There was a fumble. The saints should have won the game right there. How the, how the officials decided they were going to, without a whistle, you know, go back and say, well, no, actually it wasn't a fumble. It was forward progress. Like if that's a, the saints are the most chronically screwed team week after week, year after year by stuff, but the saints end up winning it uh, nonetheless in overtime. Um, 23 points or fewer in all of five Nick Foles starts this year. And the Bears are 2-3 in Nick Foles starts. By the way, they're 3-0 and o in Mitch Trubisky starts. I don't want to start anything. And then there's Tennessee. Tennessee loses outright to Cincinnati. Uh, Tennessee teasers was the only thing that didn't work out for me betting-wise yesterday. Tannehill, 18 of 30 for 233, two touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked once. Derrick Henry, 18 for 112 and a touchdown. Corey, uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, Corey Davis, 8 for 128 and a touchdown. The Titans outgained Cincinnati four forty-one to three sixty-seven. They out—they were outpossessed by Cincinnati though thirty-five fifty-seven to twenty-four zero three. I'll say Tennessee minus four and a half.
3: Well, that's one of those. Gil, I like your number better. Yes, uh, but it's not m- my number. My power ratings, Well, first of all, let me tell you what's out there. It's six pretty much a solid Whoa. six. Whoa. Um, my power ratings have Tennessee three and a half points better than the Bears uh, without home field advantage. So six, mm, maybe a little bit of a stretch. I was thinking more like five and a half, and you know, I didn't want to get to the six. Uh, but you know, Tennessee has not been great. You know, they had one really good game. My, it's escaping my brain. What was the one great game they had? But otherwise, I think the Bears keep this really close. I think six is uh, probably a take. I think uh, anything, I, I'd lean lower. I'm an open six because that's what it is. But I lean lower for sure.
2: That might be the first one I like today. It's tough because I don't know if I really want to really want to back the Bears, but six points is a lot. Um, I think the Tennessee game you're talking about is that 27-24 loss to Steelers last week. Maybe they're uh, winning overtime over... The Texans, they nip the Vikings. They don't really have a great win, to be honest with you. We'll come back. It's Guessing Lines right here on the Numbers Game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Uh, Unlike the Circa Millions thing you just threw up, Jason, I did well yesterday in the contest. Minnesota, Denver, and Pittsburgh all winners. I lost on New Orleans. Didn't get there. Tampa Bay pending. I also have Tampa Bay to close out a whole bunch of teasers. So uh, I'm all in on Tampa Bay tonight. Uh, we'll get into that. By the way, Chrissy, Chris Andrews back with us, uh, feeling better today, back with us to uh, guess week nine lines. The game you were talking about with, the, with uh, Tennessee, because I was doing it on a glance mm-hmm. as we were talking, was that Thursday night game against yeah. Buffalo, right, where they crushed them. Right, right. And now I don't know how good that looks the way Buffalo's been playing, maybe not as good as we thought it to be.
3: Yeah, I, I went back and looked myself. I give I had like a grading system, and that's like the one good grade, like a really good grade that they got. Otherwise, they've been really kind of mediocre, Tennessee. Yeah, so that was the one good one. Um, so yeah, bef- yeah, we should hit that before we move on. But we got some other stuff.
2: Yeah, so that but that's the first line that's a little curious to me. Six, interesting, yeah. interesting. Okay, what's next? Detroit of Minnesota. Detroit and Minnesota, we talked about the the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, 11 of 14 for 160. One touchdown, no picks. It was sacked once. Dalvin did all the heavy lifting. Dalvin Cook, 30 for 163 and three touchdowns. Then he caught two passes for 63 and another touchdown. Uh, Scored, as I said earlier, Minnesota scored a touchdown on each of their first four possessions uh, as they beat the Packers. Detroit yesterday, um, they lose and they lose pretty big in the end uh, to the Indianapolis Colts, 41 to 21. This was the game on uh, the Megapod last week where we asked the question, "What's the game you want no part of?" And this was my choice, and I think this was Mike Palm's choice as well, because these are two of the teams that I just cannot seem to put my finger on. Uh, the Colts or the Lions, but the Colts do get it done, 41 to 21. Matt Stafford was 24 of 42 for 336. Three touchdowns. He was picked once, but he was sacked five times. Marvin Hall was his number one receiver, four for 113. The Lions only had 29 rushing yards in this game yesterday. They were minus two in turnovers. So this is an, inter, uh, an intra-division game. Detroit at Minnesota. I think it's more than a field goal. I'll say Minnesota minus four.
3: Yeah, it's three and a half and four, and I definitely lean to the higher, so I'm going to open four. You know, this Detroit team, boy, I'll tell you, you know, just a, such a poorly run franchise. I mean, ever since I was a little kid, I never remember Detroit really being good. They've had like a couple flashes of mediocrity being as, about as good as they could be. And, you know, Matthew Stafford, I think, had this guy, you know, been drafted by somebody else, been with a different organization. I think we're talking about Hall of Fame credentials. And that's uh, a shame to waste the talent that's so good because they really don't have anything besides him. Um, just, I think there's just a lot wrong with this Detroit team. And by the way, just to back up a second, that was a strangely bet game, Detroit and the uh, Colts. The early steam from respected wise guys that I got was on Detroit. They took it pretty good. But then in the last day, it was all Indianapolis money. I mean, from sharp players, too. And I always tell everybody: there's no wise guy union. There's plenty of guys out there with money that have different opinions. <laughs> that's, that's right. And this this would be a perfect example. You know, there was a lot of early money for the Lions, but all the late money was on the Indianapolis. And I don't think it was a setup game. I really don't. Um,
2: how often would you say you uh, you see, you see that kind of? Bit. How how often do you say you see that kind of pattern? Um in quite that way. we
0: get it
3: maybe a couple times a week. Yeah. yeah. This was an extreme example, you know, really was, because, you know, we hold we hold everything at 11 to 10, so they're taking three off me uh, when they couldn't get it anywhere else at minus 110. So I had a lot of money plus the three. But then, you know, we went to two and a half. That didn't last long. And then the floodgates opened the other way. And, uh, you know, we, we lost that game. That was one of our few losers for the day. We needed Detroit pretty good, but... Uh, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot wrong with that team, and they're you know, probably starting at the top, and it's been that way for probably about 50, 60 years. So, far. you know.
2: Anyway, I like the higher number here to go in a roundabout way.
3: Three and a half and four, but I definitely like the four better.
2: Yeah, you know, we have that. There's a not we have that, but there's a prop out there. Um, that says, uh, will all four teams in a division make the playoffs? And it's really referring to the NFC West. And before this past weekend, I think it was like plus 350, yes, which is not nearly enough bang for your buck on that. But I will say this, there really isn't a lot of teams in the NFC that are, that are trying to torpedo that, uh, with Detroit losing, with Carolina losing, uh, Chicago obviously losing, but New Orleans would be the one that would torpedo it at this point if you look at the standings. What is next on Sunday morning?
3: Ravens
2: at the Colts. Oh, man, good game after good game. We finally have a week. Week nine is we're halfway through the NFL season. Uh, For most of these, Baltimore and Indianapolis, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens yesterday lose to Pittsburgh. They lose outright 28 to 24. Again, one of these box scores is very strange yesterday. Jackson was 13 of 28 for 208. Two touchdowns, two picks. He was sacked four times. 16 carries for 65 yards as well. Seven turnovers and two career starts versus Pittsburgh, including those four picks yesterday. Excuse me, including four yesterday. So two picks, two fumbles. First career loss for Lamar Jackson uh, when leading at halftime. So they're now 22 and one. J.K. Dobbins 15 for 113. Uh, Edwards 16 for 87 and a touchdown. Sneed five catches for 106. The Ravens were eight of 15 on third down, one of two on fourth. They outgained Pittsburgh 457 to 221, including 265 to 48 on the ground. It's the most rushing yards and a loss in Ravens franchise history. They ran 79 plays. The Colts only, excuse me, the uh, the Steelers only ran 50. They outpossessed Pittsburgh, 35-22 to 24-38, but nine penalties for 110 yards, minus three in turnovers, and that'll do it. The pick six to Robert Spillane made it seven to nothing Pittsburgh. Then there was a pick later. Uh, Alex Highsmith got it. That set up a 21-yard short field, cut the lead. That allowed Pittsburgh to cut a 17-7 deficit to 17-14, and so really, that's what helped Pittsburgh along in that game. Uh, Those two huge defensive plays. Indianapolis, for their part, as we just mentioned, against Detroit and their big win, uh, easy win, I should say, in the end, 41-21. Rivers, 23 of 33 for 263. Three touchdowns, no picks. He was uh, sacked twice. Jordan Wilkins, 20 for 89 on the ground for a touchdown. Naheem Hines, three catches, 54 yards, two touchdowns. Indianapolis outpossessed Detroit, 37-46 to 22-14. It was like box score weirdness all over the place yesterday, but Baltimore-Pittsburgh was the second weirdest. Only Miami and the Rams were worse. So it's Baltimore and Indianapolis. I'll say Baltimore minus three and a half, and we'll come back and we'll get Chrissy's answer and what he's going to post here at the South Point next, right here on the numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. All right, so the game we left off with here on Guessing Lines, once again, uh, was the Baltimore at Indianapolis game. Indianapolis coming off a win against Detroit, Baltimore coming off a win against Pittsburgh, but really, Baltimore, as I mentioned, 265 on the ground, the most rushing yards in a loss in franchise history. But it was that pick six early to Robert Spillane of the Steelers that put the uh, Ravens in a 7-0 hole. They got out of that hole to lead 17-7. But then another terrible pick, Alex Highsmith, gave Big Ben a 21-yard short field. So basically it was 17-14, and the Steelers' offense hadn't done a thing at that point. Then they took over, but that was just the kind of boost they needed. So I'll say Baltimore minus three and a half here at Indianapolis, Chris.
3: Well, once again, I like your number better. It's three, and I even see three with juice on the dog. Um, I, my numbers come to four, you know, even higher without the home field advantage. And dare I say, you have a chance here to buy the Ravens low. Not too often during the season, you get to do that. But I'm like you, Gil. I look at the numbers. Now, the Steelers played a great second half. There's, you know, strategically, yeah. execution-wise, all that. They really played well. But don't underestimate the Ravens. I mean, they still had a chance to win that game on the last play of the game. You know, uh-huh. uh, so right now, you know, the Ravens the Ravens lost to the Steelers. They lost to Kansas City. Um. I I wouldn't take too much away from either one of those. Um, I I was reading today, well, Ravens can't win big games, blah, blah, blah. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, But like I said, they had a chance to pull out this victory in the last play of the game, uh, even though I thought the Steelers really did a good job the second half. So right now, in the Colts, they are inconsistent. and And there's so much on this roster I like, but I still just don't like Phillip Rivers. Uh, so I, I definitely lean towards the Ravens here. I'm going to open three just because if I open three and a half, it would be a flood because I do see three, like I said, with juice on the dog. But if you're out there playing, I think you have a chance to get, you're buying low on the Ravens and not too often does that happen. I, I would uh, definitely put, I'm putting a little mark next to Ravens. I like them this week.
2: I, I agree with that assessment of the Ravens by, by any reasonable sort of calculation they're in the they're in the top tier of teams in the NFL now maybe you put Kansas City absolutely. on it. maybe you put the chiefs on a tier unto themselves okay maybe you do maybe you don't but the ravens are absolutely in that group with the steelers and the chiefs uh, maybe the bucks vying to be in that group as well the indianapolis thing because you, you mentioned that one thing about philip rivers 23 of 33 yesterday for 262 and three touchdowns jason you said something about philip rivers do you remember what you said here off air
0: well, uh, maybe the uh, when we the, were talking about the Chargers, the Chargers' problem is not a Philip Rivers problem.
2: Yeah, so maybe, maybe we owe Philip Rivers a bit of an apology. I mean, now we lived through those Chargers games, so maybe we don't. Maybe we don't.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if we do. <laughs> maybe not. But
2: he's he's certainly <laughs> yeah. playing well this year. We can give him that much uh, so far. But but it does feel like there's an implosion ready to happen. I don't know if that's fair or unfair. Let's do one more here, uh, Sunday morning. That's a tough one. Carolina at Kansas City. Carolina at Kansas City. Carolina's going to have extra rest here. They lose to the Falcons, as we mentioned, on Thursday night. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, 15 of 23 in that game for 176. Uh, The Panthers were 2 of 10 on third down. They were 1 of 3 on fourth down. Last week, so before that Thursday night game against the Falcons, which they lost 25 to 17 as a tick of a favorite in the end. I think they were 1.5-point closing favorites consensus. The game against the Saints the week before, I mentioned there was that third down play late, if you recall this, Jason, where it was 27 to 24 Saints. That was the eventual final score. And Teddy took a, a sack right before the two-minute warning on third and eight. And so when they came back from the two-minute warning, Joey Sly had to kick a 65-yard field goal that went about 63 and a half yards. And then the Saints got one, one first down and the game was over. This game against the Falcons – which I got to see more Teddy than I think I have before, at least in a Panthers uniform. I don't know if it's him or if nobody's getting open downfield, but he seems to, there are, let's put it this way. I'm not sure if I'm sold on his situational quarterbacking if that makes any sense. There just seems to be some plays where I'm like throw the ball, throw the ball and he'll eat it. And I'm just like I don't know if that's be, you know, but at some point you got to know when to throw the ball. So that's my that's my little knock on Teddy Bridgewater, who otherwise I love. Kansas City, uh no surprise they beat the Jets yesterday as 19 and a half point favorites and they cover in the process. How about that? Patrick Mahomes 31 of 42 for 416 five touchdowns no picks he wasn't sacked kelsey eight for 109 and a touchdown tyreek four for 98 and two touchdowns uh the chiefs only needed 50 rushing yards gotta respect andy Reid. like you know we were saying before about the vikings that kirk cousins was 11 of 14 well the vikings realized they're like we're just gonna keep giving dalvin cook the ball i love when an nfl team does that right don't try to outsmart yourself just keep doing it until they stop it chiefs very much a Belichickian game by game. What do we need to do in this particular game to beat this particular team? Now they did waste a uh, punt return. Uh, excuse me, a, a fake punt play for no particular reason. But other than that, um, they outgained the Jets 496 to 221. So that's that's pretty dominant. Uh, all that said, if it's I don't know, I'm gonna be wrong on this. I said KC minus 10.
3: Yeah, you're a little light. But the reason I thought this was tough is I think McCaffrey's going to be back for this
4: yes,
2: game. Yes, he will be.
3: And uh, how much does he mean? Because he has missed quite a bit. But I think the kid is just a super dynamic player. Uh, you know, Carolina was one of those teams that was uh, showing signs, in my mind, showing signs of them really getting into the playoff hunt, playing some pretty good football. You know, now, not so sure. And and I've been a big Teddy fan ever since he was at Louisville. I I loved the kid, was devastated when he had that devastating injury. Uh, He's come back pretty good. The last couple games, not quite so good. So maybe they're figuring this guy out a little bit. And, you know, Matt Rule, a guy who's uh, as a college coach, I think really did well. Sometimes that transfers to the pros. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, Anyway, my numbers here come to 12 uh, without any home field. I don't give the Chiefs a big home field here. Again, I'm going the one word, the one phrase, guys love to hear me say, diminishing returns, you know, so I think, I think 11 and a half, I see anywhere between 11 and a half, 12 and a half. I'm going to go right in the middle with 12. Um, I think the Chiefs probably could sleepwalk through this game and win it. And I don't know if they cover or not, but right. I don't think this is just a huge game for them. You know, so I'm, I think 12 is okay. But uh, I think it's going to be an interesting game to watch, mostly because I want to see McCaffrey coming back and see what kind of difference he makes on this team. Because it it, it could be nothing after all this time, but it could be a lot, too, because he is a super player.
2: Well, you said it. I mean, that's going to be the thing with all these big Chiefs spreads when they're at home. You know, they might just – they could name their score if they want to, and then they could just lollygag their way through it, right, and fall asleep on it, sleepwalk, as you said. So that's why it's tough to play. And then, you know, are they really going to go 15-1? and one? What's the game from here to the end of the year that they're just going to sleepwalk to the point where they don't end up winning it? Um, there's always that possibility. I don't know if it's this week or not, but you're right. It's going to be a, uh, a Christian McCaffrey-led Carolina team in this one. So what's the final number? Kansas City what? Minus? I'm going to use 12. Okay. I think we have one more early game. One more early, I believe.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I believe more. we do.
2: Oh, two more. Wait, what's next? Let's do one more here. Houston at Jacksonville. Okay, well, this won't take long, and we only have a couple minutes. Houston uh, <laughs> Houston, coming off a bye. Jacksonville coming off a bye. Two teams coming off a bye. Um, and this will be – now, so Gardner Minshew has multiple fractures. Yeah. We were talking about this last week. He didn't tell the Jaguars. He has multiple fractures in his throwing hand. And so this is probably Mike Glennon going for the Jaguars yeah. in this game. And so that alone, I mean, that alone would make it Houston minus way more points than I would have imagined if it was Minshew. Because I think there is, uh, Minshew is, you know, from from Minshew to Glennon, does that mean anything? I think it probably means a couple points, sight unseen. We don't know what Mike Glennon, or or as John Gruden famously called him, Mike Glennon. Uh, We don't know what he's about at this point. So I'll say Houston, is Houston minus six too many
3: Oh, well, no, it's not. <laughs> I see six and a half. Pretty much painted on. Uh, you know, no real differences. Jeez, six and a half. Uh, my numbers come, yeah, I'll tell you the truth. I like it even higher because Mike Glennon, I'm not a big fan of. And Minshew, I, yeah, they started figuring him out. But I got to tell you, you know, before the season, we talked about Jacksonville being abysmally bad. And they, they started out with a win. and They kind of threw us off a little bit. But I think they're coming back down to earth or coming back down to where we thought they would be. Uh, you know, with Mike Glennon, like I said, my numbers, because I, I gave him two points between him and Minshew. Uh, my numbers would be the Texans eight with no home field advantage, and Jacksonville does not have much of a home field advantage. I got to tell you, even in the best of times. Um, so I guess I guess the six and a half is okay, but tell you the if I saw a seven, I'd probably go to seven. I think Texans are hungry for a win, and they they found a team that I think they could beat up here. Like I kind of I kind of like the Texans a little bit. I hate laying uh, chalk on the road, but I think the Texans found a team that they may be able to take out their frustrations on.
2: Yeah, I do respect Jacksonville's fight, though. They show up for these games. Um, Gardner Minshew not keeping it. I mean, keeping it from his team. Bad coworker, Jason. Picks up a check, but bad coworker. Can't do that. Houston, minus six and a half. We'll come back. We'll get some more lines right here on the numbers game at Visa, the sports Betting Network. Did
0: you miss a Visa show? We have multiple daily and weekly podcast to keep you up to date on all the latest sports betting action. peace in best bets, bringing you the highlights from our daily lineup of shows, including follow the money and a numbers game market insights with Josh Applebaum gets you ready with the latest lines and action. Beating the book with Dale Alexander provides the insider view on analytics based betting strategy from professional bettors, handicappers, and operators. Visit VEASAN.com
5: slash podcast today to find all of our podcast options. New to Beeson, the best way to learn more about sports betting and how VEASAN can help you is to sign up for our free daily email. You'll receive an email every morning with show highlights and expert insights. Sign up for free today at VEASAN.com slash email. That's VSIN.com slash email.
1: If you didn't catch v last week, here's some of what you missed. So here's your updated now new favorite to win the AP Coach of the Year. This is at a global book. Mike Tomlin, Steelers coach, is new, uh, the new favorite at 6-1 to one, as that team is now
5: undefeated still. Quite the conundrum because he's a player's coach. The guys love and respect him. He's a saint and an angel. For when you see the issues that Bell and Antonio Brown have had, yep. that they've never had issues there in Pittsburgh and how everything worked out in, in team chemistry. But he, he, he's, you know, he's kind of a, he, weird with the the rah rah and some of the cliches after the game. But it's struggles with clock and game management and strategy. But they're always in the mix. Yeah, and it's also it, you get different answers when you talk to hardcore Steeler fans about what they think. Oh, about sure. Some love him. Some yeah. thought he should have been fired years ago. Yeah. Yeah. John Harbaugh is now the second shot in the board at
1: seven to one. I'm not so sure about no, that one. No, I don't one. agree with no, that. 14 no, 14 two last yeah, year. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruce Arians plus 750. I, that's that's interesting too. I can't get there with that one either, because they have so many weapons. I mean, who was going to be surprised if you asked someone in August if Tampa was going to go 12 and four and win the division? Everyone would have raised their hand or said, "Okay, at least uh, I certainly buy that." Tom and his toys. I mean, I, I don't I don't think Arians should get the credit. Yeah. That much credit for what's going on. The other thing, they, they won seven games last year. They had a quarterback who threw 30 interceptions. Right. So, Tom doesn't turn it over. Yeah. So, immediately you think, okay, that's problem, problems fixed from day one. Right. You eliminate those massive problems, and all of a sudden, hey, we're talking about a maybe division winner or a playoff uh-huh. team.
1: Uh, Andy Reid, Mike Vrabel are each 8-1. to one. Vrabel was plus 575. They do change, by the way. The odds go back and forth every week, depending on a win and a loss. Uh, Stefanski and Kingsbury, along with Rivera, are 9-1. to one. Flores is 10 along with floor. my guy. Matt rules down to 25 to 1 globally.
4: It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number
2: two of a numbers game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network Series XF channel 204 visa.com The Visa app FUBO Slinging Game Plus. It is Gil Alexander. Jason Kahn is here as well, producer number uh, seven. And Chrissy Andrews, of course, from the South Point Hotel Casino uh, Sportsbook. Chrissy, were you able to vote uh, when you went down with the COVID? Did that sort of put a, uh, a stop to your voting plans, or were you able to get out the vote?
3: Oh, no, I voted early. Okay. I voted early. Yeah, you. did uh, yeah, drop off. Yeah, that's the way to go.
2: Almost 100 million Americans. Uh, we'll talk uh, election betting tomorrow on Election Day, and we'll talk about it Wednesday as well. Uh, see if I can't get Mac for standing back on the show and, and Pamela Maldonado. And we'll talk about all that. Uh, big, big day tomorrow, 24 hours away from the 2020 presidential election. All right, Chrissy, uh, one more in the morning. I'm led to believe uh,
3: Yeah, let me throw something in. I, I got a friend of mine from Australia who works for a bookmaking outfit. <laughs> he sent me their figures on what they're doing on the American uh, oh, yeah. election, presidential election. Holy cow! I mean, it, uh, if we could book it here, it, it would make it would dwarf the Super Bowl like you can't believe. I mean, in Australia, they got big big numbers on
2: this. So, yeah. where, where do you? By the way, Love are you, are you willing? It. Are you willing to share those numbers, or you don't want
3: to share those numbers? I don't want to share them, no, because okay. he sent them to me in confidence. Where, they're, they're, where,
2: they're huge. Where do you stand on that? Like, would you be okay with that, morally speaking? Would you be okay with that bookmaking side? I would imagine you'd love it. But, like, it, you'd, you'd be okay with doing it.
3: Oh, absolutely. And if anybody has a chance, you know, Jimmy Vaccaro, this is before I went to the uh, South Point, so somewhere around 2015 or 16, The Daily Show had Jimmy on. And I was afraid because, you know, The Daily Show could have a lot of guys on. This is back when Stewart was on the show mm-hmm. and kind of make you look like a fool, you know, and they did not make Jimmy look like a fool. Matter of fact, looked like uh, the sage that we know that he is. And he talked about betting on the presidential election. And one point that he made, which I think is 100 percent true, if you had betting on the election, first of all, to be impossible to fix, you know, well, I shouldn't say that. Who might be listening but it, <laughs> it was uh, you know it's as far big, as the big
2: listener Chris he <laughs> loves this show <laughs> yeah I, I,
3: yeah <laughs> he's looking for value on the NFL
2: yeah
3: uh, but you know what I'm saying if you had if you had betting on it I mean if you bet your hundred bucks on whoever you would get out and vote. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. And that's and that was Jimmy's point. I think he made it. And I think uh, you can go find it on YouTube, Jimmy's uh, little uh, episode, little segment on The Daily Show. It's very good. And like I said, he he comes across as the sage that we know that he is. Well, he's been so saying— I'd been, be before, and I think it'd be terrific. Yeah.
2: yeah, he's been saying it for years. And listen, I made a decision very early in 2020— Right, this show has we have been unabashed talking about election betting, apolitically speaking. And I know there's always going to be a segment of the yeah. of the listenership that's like, ah, you, you, this guy that you had on was completely, you know. And it's like, nope, no, he wasn't. You know, we're just trying to be as yeah. as apolitical as possible. We're just trying to make money, and regardless of, of what your politics might be, and there's always a segment out there. There's always a, a sliver. You're always going to hear the vocal minorities like, oh, stick to sports, blah blah blah, right? All that. Uh, no. I'm not going to stick to sports because authentically and this show has been nothing but authentic through the years the most that I and my buddies the most that we talk about besides football betting or basketball or baseball whatever's the sport at that moment is political betting that is the thing that is the thread that under that that lies underneath it all throughout uh, regardless of what sport has gone on and it is some of the most fascinating betting arcs and betting analysis that you can get. And so I hope people have gotten that this year, that um, I, I really believe four years from now, everybody's going to talk openly about it. And by the way, I'll tell you about the podcast numbers. We So the difference between, this is pulling back the curtain a little bit, uh, guessing Lines and the political show that we did last week, which was an hour long, again, with Mac Verstandig and, and Pamela Maldonado, did a fabulous job on the show. Um, yeah. We put them in podcast form as well. Now, they're just shy. Guessing Lines and the political show were just shy of Megapod numbers. But keep in mind, the Megapod doesn't air on VSIN. So guessing lines and the political show had the disadvantage, if you will, disadvantage in quotes of having aired once and then it goes to podcast. So it's it's like a rebroadcast. And by the way, it's Gil Alexander. It's Chrissy Anders right here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the sports betting network, SiriusXM channel 204, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo Slinging Game Plus, uh, talking uh, guessing lines week nine, which we will resume here momentarily. But just to let people know, and that's why I always, I always listen to people or I always read people on Twitter sort of smiling. I'm like, let me send you the podcast numbers. and Then you get back to me and you think if people are interested in this. Because that political show was comparable to a guessing line show. So people have a thirst for it in a way that uh, in case you're doubting it, you shouldn't doubt it. And so I think that all lends into, is there a thirst for it in the audience? There absolutely is. And I'm not saying to do it every two years. I don't think people are going to care about midterms, right? But presidential elections, different story. Anyway, that's my two cents on it. And the numbers bear it out. So uh, we won't do a politics show here, Chrissy, in case you were getting worried that that's what we're going to do here
4: momentarily. You're like, okay. I I want to say, though, I listened
3: listened to that show you did with those two last week. It was very good. Very, very good. They were outstanding. I I really enjoyed that. Yeah, those two
2: were great. All right, let's get back to I think one more okay. one more morning game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the New York Football Giants at
3: your Washington Football Team.
2: New York hasn't played. They played a night against the Buccaneers again. That is my fifth contest yeah. pick. I'm three and one uh, headed into tonight again. Um, Hits on Minnesota, Denver, and Pittsburgh, but lost on New Orleans. So Tampa Bay is is who I'm on tonight. I also have them to close out a bunch of teasers. Tampa Bay right now a 13-point favorite. Wow, that's gone all the way up to 13. But you figure the Bucs could kind of name their score tonight. So the Giants will be on short rest against Washington, and Washington will be coming off a bye. Washington will have... Uh, a week's rest, so it, w- it will be a completely different uh, situation for both teams. The Giants getting the worst of that. And uh, it's in D.C., you said? Is that correct? Or in, or I should say at Yeah, outside of D.C.? Yes. Lovely Ralph John, as yeah. it was called by uh, John Ken Cook, uh, named after his two sons back in the day. Uh, worst traffic arteries you'll ever find into a stadium. I'll say Washington... This, to me, is more than a field goal. Like, I know it would be very lazy for people to be like, yeah, minus three. I'm going to say Washington minus four and a half. I think, they're, I think they're a better football team than the Giants. I realize they lost last time. Ron Rivera going for two down, one late. I think, I think there's a potential for Washington to roll in this game. Yeah, my power
3: ratings would be much closer to a three uh, or even a little lower but the situation, I think, is in Washington's favor. By the way, the yeah. number's three and a half. Okay. Uh, I see a couple of threes with pretty big juice on the favorite. Uh I'm going to open three and a Like it? You know, you got one team coming off short rest and the other team coming off a bye? Yeah. I, I don't know why the NFL does that. Horrible. It's just weird. Yeah. Especially, yeah, for a division game. Yeah, so I think the situation, you know, forget the power ratings, uh, that sort of thing. The situation really favors Washington in this spot. So I don't have any trouble with the three and a half. Um, So that's what I'm going to open. I think maybe, I don't know, numbers-wise, like I said, it looks high. But the situation, I think, is greatly in Washington's favor. So three and a half, I think, looks okay.
2: Yeah, that might be a play for me on uh, Washington. Washington would be an interesting survivor pick next week. Like, if you don't have... If you don't have the Chiefs available to you, um, I don't know what else. Games.
0: They're a Thanksgiving team, though. They are.
2: Washington is a Thanksgiving yeah. team. That's a great point. Yeah, Washington is a Thanksgiving
0: team. So that would be they're a likable Thanksgiving team, too.
2: A likable Thanksgiving team. Well, they're on the road, though, on Thanksgiving, if that matters to anybody these days, which I'm not sure how much it does. But it would be a short week of travel anyway to Dallas on Thursday. Okay. Next, sir.
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: It hey, wasn't supposed to be That's my game,
1: <laughs> From football playoffs to basketball madness,
2: Raiders at the Chargers. So a lot went well for me yesterday. In fact, almost everything went well for me yesterday betting football except for teaser, a teaser with Tennessee in them. And as I mentioned, the one contest pick of New Orleans. Everything else, teasers galore, um, tying into Tampa, not, not only tying into Tampa, but also uh, without Tampa, went well um, in-game. The only thing I did in-game—now, here was the thing. This was weather yesterday throughout the country. And one of the things I said on the pre-Snap Picks podcast, Bradley Porras and Russell Vaughn and uh, Randy Grichuk of the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, we were talking about the weather. And uh, there was a lot of people who set up middles for weather last week where they went under early in the week, and then they took back the over and they set up these big uh, middles on totals, which is a great strategy. My approach was, you know what, I'm not going to try to do that because I probably missed the best number at that point. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait of all these cities that were going to ha- supposed to have inclement weather between Green Bay, Cleveland, Buffalo, Cincinnati and Chicago. I was going to actually sit down and watch the games and figure out is there actually inclement weather that's going to hamper any of these football games? And the only game where you could say beyond a shadow of a doubt, oh, this is a thing was the game in Cleveland. As soon as like the one of the first field goals looked mm-hmm. like it was going right down the yeah. pipe and then took a hard left yeah. into the stands. I was like, "Oh, okay." So I in-game undered the the Raiders Browns game yesterday at 44, 44 and a half, 43 and a half, 41 and a half, 39 and a half, and 37 plus 106. And that's where I sort of let it go. <laughs> Final score 16 to 6. And that to me, if there was ever an, I'd do primetime action with Matt Brown, Danielle Alvari, and Kelly Bidlin uh, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 on MSG Plus, 7 to 10 p.m. That's what we always preach. Like this is the beauty of in-game, right? And that was a perfect in-game situation yesterday where now they're not always going to work out as beautifully. Don't get me wrong. But that was one of those where you could at least see on your screen, oh man, this weather is terrible. And John Gruden looks like he wants to get out of here in 90 minutes and just run the ball all day long. And that's what he did. So the Raiders beat the, uh, the, the Browns yesterday, 16 to six as three and a half point dogs, uh, Josh Jacobs, 31 carries, 128 yards, 208 total rushing yards for the Raiders on 45 carries. They were 8 of 14 on third downs. They were 2 of 2 on fourth. They held the Browns to 223 total yards. They outpossessed Cleveland 37-43 to 22-17. A lot of big disparities in time of possession yesterday. And Time of possession doesn't always mean something, but yesterday they tended to. And then they're playing the Chargers, as you said, as we talked about. Chargers up 24 to 3. They've now blown four leads of 16 plus. It's just incredible. We could show those tweets again if you wanted to, Jason, on the Chargers. Just historic. Justin Herbert, though, 29 of 43 for 278, three touchdowns, two picks. He was sacked twice. Uh, Williams five uh, Mike Williams that is five catches for 99 yards and a touchdown 485 total yards for the Chargers in their loss to the Broncos yesterday their 31 to 30 loss and again here it is Daniel Popper Chargers blown leads in the last four games 17 points 17 points 16 points and 21 points. And if you just put up the first one from ESPN Stats and Info, you don't have to put up both of them, Jason, but just the first one really puts it in context again. Because this is incredible. Like, it, it's happening before our eyes week after week. My entire handicap on the Broncos last week was, I can't tell you why I'm picking the Broncos, but the Chargers will just figure <laughs> out a way to lose this. Like, that was the extent of my handicap. Here it is from ESPN Stats and Info. Teams win leading by 17-plus this season, entering last night's game. Chargers 0-3, all others 52-4. and 4. They gave up plays of 55 yards. That was the Lindsey touchdown that made it 24 to 10. Then another play of 43 yarder to Judy. There was a touchdown pass for 40 yards. So they're giving up huge plays on defense, complemented by a couple dumb penalties. There are your Los Angeles Chargers. And all that said, I would imagine they'll be a field goal favorite against the Raiders at home.
3: Oh, no, you're high. It's one and a half. Oh, I mean, you're pretty okay. it pretty much painted on. Yeah, my numbers kind of pick. And uh, as I was reviewing some notes uh, next to the Chargers, I put down for Anthony Lynn, uh, approaching Rich Kotite territory. <laughs> and that is not a good thing. We, we <laughs> have... Any NFL historians <laughs> out there, uh, that's not good. Yeah.
2: You know, it's funny. Can I just interrupt you? We, it's funny you say that because we had a debate on text yesterday about this. And w- somebody on the thread said Anthony Lynn's the worst coach in the history of the NFL and we all and the rest of us were like, Whoa, whoa, easy, easy. Yeah. And Rich Coat Rich yeah. Cotite was invoked <laughs> and I invoked Steve Spurrier. <laughs> as a head coach in the NFL. And and for those who don't remember the two years of Steve Spurrier at the helm of the Washington football team, that was the the analogy I use is it's like he kidnapped your wife or girlfriend, experimented on her for two years, you were left to watch it, and then he returned her to you damaged. That's how bad those two years were. (laughs) So easy. He's not the worst, but he's getting there.
3: Yeah. He's coming close. Yeah. I said approaching Rich Coat type yes. territory. Not yes. quite there yet, but he's getting
2: damn close, I got to tell you. So one and a half is what it is. I'm going to use one and a half. Yeah. Okay. One a half. All right. Let's go to the afternoon. Are we in the afternoon now, or is that already the first afternoon?
3: Uh, that was the first afternoon.
2: Okay. Yeah.
3: What? Okay. Else? This one. No number at all. Steelers at the Cowboys.
2: Steelers at the Cowboys. Steelers win, as we mentioned, beat Baltimore 28 to 24. That matches the greatest start. And you know this better than anybody, Chrissy, as a guy who uh, yeah. is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, matches their yeah. greatest start in franchise history. Who does it match? The 1978 Steelers. Is that the most iconic of all the Steelers teams, would you say?
3: I think it probably is, yes. Yeah. Yes. Big- probably their best team they ever had, yeah.
2: Big Ben yesterday, an eventual Super Bowl-winning team, of course. Big Ben, 21 of 32 for 182. Two touchdowns, no picks, sacked twice. Steelers' D had four sacks, four takeaways. It's the most rushing yards the Steelers' defense has given up, 265 to the Ravens, since a game in 1993. And yet, as we mentioned, it was the pick six and a subsequent pick in the third quarter that, that allowed the Steelers set up a short field, allowed the Steelers to get it within 17-14. That was really the boost that the Steelers' offense needed. They finally woke up after that, and Steelers end up getting the win. As you said, the Ravens had a chance to win it at the end still, but the Steelers get it done. And then there's Dallas last night. So <laughs> I'll take a breath. That was bad. Ben Denucci. Vinny Maliulo, as we said on Friday. Ben DiNucci. This looks better. This looks better in the box score than it was. 21 of 40 for 180. No touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked four times. But I think there's, I think, and I don't mean to be harsh because I'm sure he's a lovely guy and I'm sure his family is wonderful. So I don't want to be that guy. But I'm not sure after seeing that game against the Eagles last night, Chrissy, that he belongs in the NFL. I'm really not.
3: No. And, you know, I was listening to Rex Ryan and or the the ESPN show, I guess it was Sunday morning. They said, well, you know, he transferred from Pitt and Ryan said, well, why did he transfer from Pitt? Because he wasn't good enough to start. Yeah, that's why, I, you know, I mean, he couldn't, you know, I can't remember what Pitt quarterback, you know, Nathan Peterman or one of those guys. <laughs> I think it was post Peterman, you know. Uh, it's not exactly the Dan Marino era at Pitt right now. So transferring, I don't think was such a great thing. But yeah, you're right. I mean, listen, um, yeah, I don't think he belongs in the NFL. A lot of us don't, you know. And I would put him in that category. Um, yeah, I got to tell you. So I mean, we still
2: want to come up with a number here. Oh, we're not, we're, uh, we'll get there. With, let me let me just say a couple more things about this okay. game because this will be an interesting. Okay, this sure, will, be, this yeah, will be this will be an interesting number. First of all, there's none out there, by the way, not a one, not a one. Dallas outgained Philadelphia. So all that said about Danucci, Dallas outgained Philadelphia yesterday, 265 to 222. And Dallas was plus two in turnovers. Philly turned the ball over four times as bad as Ben Danucci was. And again, a guy who transferred from Pitt to James Madison, as bad as he was that game to me. Was more an indictment of the Philadelphia Eagles, who now lead the NFC East at three, four, and one, than it was of the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. who are down to their third-string quarterback. I was, we were, even as Philly was winning that game. I said, "Like, how many teams can you say definitively are worse than the Philadelphia Eagles?" I'm not sure. the The, the Jets for sure, and then who else is like surely worse? Because even the Jags put out great efforts. I don't think Washington's worse. I don't know if the Giants are worse. They almost beat the Eagles. They should have beaten the Eagles the other night. Like, I don't know who's worse than this team. They're so bad. And, and let me just say this also. The final score was 23-9. to 9. The Eagles end up covering that game. That last Eagles touchdown was the worst non-reversal of a touchdown I've ever seen in my life. Like, why do we have replay if that wasn't reversed? A fumble by DiNucci where the defender on the Eagles is clearly on the ground and oh, touched, yeah. and they let the play yeah. go. And, by the way, we're all waiting, right? We're all watching the game. We're like, well, this is going to be taken back. You know, clearly it's going to be. Now, I'm not saying to Dallas were one, but it was 15-9 to nine at the time, and you never know what could have happened because all it takes is one fluke play in a one-score game. But Philly should have had the ball up 15-9 to nine back in their territory. And then, as we're like talking about, all of a sudden, then you see Jalen Hurts lining up for a two point conversion. You're like, Wait, what's happening? They, they they counted it. What are we doing? Like this league between that, the Bears fumble that was ruled forward progress, uh, Russell Wilson, you know, fake sliding and inducing a flag. There's so many things that happen in the NFL on a week to week basis where you just scratch your head and you're like, what are we watching? And that Eagles thing, there was no bigger example of it than that. Anyway, all that to say, I, I would say Pittsburgh would be a double digit favorite on the road, and I would think it would be ten and a half:
3: Well, there's no number, so I can't say i like your number better, worse, whatever. But my numbers come to fourteen, yeah on this one, and uh, but and you could ask your buddy Marco, who I'm sure you're doing the podcast you still do the podcast then Mepo? No, Marco?
2: no, no, not anymore. Nope. No, okay, okay, yeah, okay.
3: He would tell you nobody can blow a game that they're supposed to win like the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, you know, I love this team. I really do. I think they're playing great. But if there's one team out there that could blow an easy situation, believe me, it'd be the Steelers. But I, you know, my numbers come to fourteen. You know, that's that's Again, you're talking about diminishing returns. That's too high of a number. Uh, I would be the first to admit that. But that's the pure power rating number for me. Would be fourteen, but it, it has to be lower. Probably, you know, ten and a half, twelve, somewhere in that range. And, and again, depends on if Andy Dalton's back. I have a feeling Dalton will be back.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's a uh, that's a huge mitigating yeah,
3: so factor. That, yeah. I, I, yeah. Right. Because you're talking, you know, as, maybe as mediocre as Dalton is, and I still think he's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, Danucci. Probably should not be in this league. All right, not
2: not at all. We'll come back. we got to take a break. We'll come back. Chrissy Andrews, Guessing Lines right here on a Numbers Game at Visa, the Esports Betting Network, brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Uh, We get tweets at beating the book. Uh, We always appreciate the feedback. Positive, negative, indifferent, funny. We're big fans of funny. Jason, what's, upset? what's upsetting you? Why is the mouth wide open? What's going
0: on? We had a graphic.
2: Oh, okay. It's
0: a beautiful graphic. He not upset.
2: <laughs> Were you amazed at the graphic? We I was graphic. blown
0: away. Weekend
2: tweets. Graphic. Trip Tepper. McCaffrey being back for the Panthers would be significant if he was a lockdown corner. He is not. Thank you for that, Trip. Uh, the back end of the Panthers defense is struggling to cover unless the Chiefs play sloppy or there are 40-mile-per-hour wins. The wide receivers for KC should have a field a 40-mile-per-hour <laughs> Not 30, not 35, 40. Point taken, though, sir. Point taken, indeed. Uh, fabulous T-Rex Sunshine Jones stops being apolitical when the experts slash guests, etc start editorializing or explaining their rationale for predicted outcomes. That said, it's not criticism, just an opinion that one cannot really discuss any aspect of politics truly apolitically. I am going to apolitically disagree. I think they did a fabulous job of explaining, just from a demographic standpoint— why uh they felt the way they felt
0: at a certain level it's just numbers right yeah I,
2: I i it's funny it's amazing it doesn't matter how agnostic so you're just gonna some people are gonna take it in as a little by the way uh he was a republican operative uh who worked in republican politics for many years mac was people were like he's a liberal no 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 he wasn't just explained to you what he what he thought very very dispassionately i thought um mark m Never forget Rich Cotite was lauded as a returning hero when the Jets hired him. Eagles fans were characterized as fools who unfairly ran him off. Hashtag decline the penalty and punt. Hashtag the chart was wet. (laughs) It's great Rich Cotite references from back in the day. Scott Murphy, since Chrissy is from Pennsylvania, see if you can work rust belt into the next segment, either election or stealer related. Okay, we'll work on that. Um, let's see here, man, bear, puik. I'm Ron Burgundying my way through these. So this could get ugly, Jason. Stand by. Speaking of the Wilson fake slide. Yes, I was earlier. The Mahomes fake run quarterback against Buffalo was bad. Defenders ease up. Then he stays in bounds. This can't be a one size fits all rule. Can't expect defenders to treat Jackson and Murray the same as rivers and breeze. Yeah, that's going to be a hard one to, to get around though. That one. Because I don't know if I don't know if it's a, I mean you're right there is a bit of a star system thing happening but that's generally officiated the same but I hear you I mean there's definitely players who get I mean I, I would I said that about the Saints earlier with that you know that fumble that the Bears had. by the way how many late drive good fortune moments have the Bears had this year they're five and three and again paper tiger I don't think anybody expects them to win the Super Bowl. But that game against Tampa Bay, where they, you know, Tampa Bay gifted them the, uh, the roughing the passer, and then the, the ball that was completely uncatchable, that they, they flagged Tampa Bay for P.I., they ended up winning the game 20-19. to 19. And then yesterday is like, that, that was okay. Maybe it was forward progress, but like, why did the refs feel the need to step in? And that's where like fans of teams like Washington would say, like myself, would be like, oh yeah, that never, that would never happen to the Washington football team. We would never get the benefit, or we, but that team would never get the benefit of such a call. Uh, let's see. This is Phil Weiss. Phil Weiss, Steve Spurrier, two years at Washington, 12 and 20. Rich Kotite, two years at the Jets, four and 28.
0: Rod Marinelli deserves an honorable mention In this category I mean he did go 0-16 for the Lions
2: uh, Phil goes on to say Steve Spurrier, College Football Hall of Fame As player, as coach Yeah, I don't care about that Rich Cotite, born in Brooklyn Still can't show his face in New York Really, Gil? Please don't insult Jets fans like that uh, Apparently you don't remember the two Spurrier years
0: 5-11 and 5-11 0-16
2: beats 5-11 and 11. Not too bad See, there's another team out there That's 4-12 and 12, So, uh, yeah, not too bad Please, I cannot argue this point. There was no one worse. But you're right about the record. Uh, we'll come back. We'll continue guessing lines with Chrissy next.
5: Numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The Dolphins
2: at the Cardinals. Okay, so I've been waiting to get to this box score.
5: Because
2: the, the, uh, the Steelers-Ravens box score was weird enough. But this Dolphins Rams box score was is the nuttiest thing you're likely to see. And by the way, of course, if you missed it, Miami wins in Tua's debut, 28 to 17. They do so as three and a half point dogs. My only three pre-flop bets this year again: Miami over season win total six, New England under nine and a half, Miami to win the division at a, at plus 1150. All of those in play. The first two looking great. The second one kind of in playish. But in this, in this game, even, even despite Miami winning yesterday, Tua, Tua Tagovailoa, in his debut, 12 of 22 for 93 yards. 93 yards. One touchdown, no picks he was sacked once. Uh, the Rams had 31 first downs. The Dolphins had eight. The Dolphins were three of 12 on third downs. The Rams had 471 total yards. The Dolphins had 145. The Rams had 340 to uh, 340 passing. The Dolphins had 90 passing when you factor in sacks. The Rams had 131 rushing yards. The Dolphins had 55. The Rams ran 92 offensive plays. The Dolphins ran 48. The Rams had the ball 36-29 to the Dolphins 23 minutes and 31 seconds. Uh, the Dolphins were minus, uh, excuse me, the Dolphins though were plus two in turnovers. That's always a huge key. And Miami's scores were as follows. Two short fields on an interception, Christian Wilkins, uh, and a fumble, Kyle Van Noy, 33-yard field and a one-yard field. And then one strip sack return for a touchdown, Emmanuel Ogba on the strip, Andrew Van Ginkle to the house, and a punt return touchdown, Jakeem Grant for 88 yards. There is your script for a Miami win yesterday. But one of one of the craziest box scores you'll ever see. At Arizona, Arizona's coming off a bye here. I'll say Arizona minus four and a half.
3: Yeah, you're right on. I do see one five, but otherwise four and a half. There you go. You know, I think that's a little high. You know, I really do. I, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest Murray fan. I'm not a Kingsbury fan. Uh, you know, the Dolphins, I know. Everything you say obviously was true when you read a boxer. But they didn't have to do anything else. That's right. And, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, we talk about coaching, and I really highly question the move to go to Tua. they still question the move to go to Tua, you know, but, you know, Flores has done a terrific job with this team. He really has. I think he's a really good coach. And uh, I think the, the, the sky is bright on the horizon for the uh, Dolphins. I think this is the take, you know, and I I don't think, you know, to it, you know, he looked very mediocre, obviously, you know, but that's all he had to do. And I think it was a good first game for him. You know, when we look back to, to win a game like that, where he hardly had to do anything, certainly nothing dramatic. Uh, I think he'll learn from that and probably get better. I, you know I'd like it lower. My numbers really came to like three and a half here um but we're talking about four and a half, and, like I said, I even saw five, but I'm gonna go with the four and a half, and if I see it going lower, I'm probably gonna drop it. I think my aim's a very live dog in this situation
2: all right one uh, one head nod to the dolphins on that. I like that for all my uh, futures tickets. Uh, we have two prime times, uh, two primetime games to get to, Sunday night and Monday night. We'll do that next with Chrissy, and uh, we'll tell you what we like in review. Coming back, guessing lines right here on a Numbers Game at Visa the Sports Betting Network. Gil Alexander, it's Chris Andrews, everybody, the uh, South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook Director and, of course, the author of Then One Day. Then One Day, all the story times and more culled together for one beautiful book available where all books are sold, including Amazon. Uh, all right, Sunday night, Chrissy.
3: Okay, another good one here, Gil.
2: Saints at the Bucks. It's a good week. Good matchups. Uh, and good in primetime, too. Although we'll see about that Thursday night game now that A.J. Dillon... Yeah, not left. Yeah, as
3: reported. Well, wait till we get to the Sunday night, too, so...
2: Oh, <laughs> like, oh, I think I know what's coming. Uh, New Orleans at Tampa Bay. New Orleans, as we mentioned, they win it on Will Lutz's 35-yard field goal with one minute and 40 seconds left in OT yesterday against the Bears. Drew Brees, 31 of 41 for 280, two touchdowns, no picks, sacked once. Again, can't really throw the ball downfield. Uh, Alvin Kamara, though, 12 of 67 on the ground, 9 for 96 through the air. The Saints were 2 of 13 on third downs. They were 2 of 3 on fourth downs. They get it done. They find a way. They don't cover, but they do get the win, 26 to 23. Tampa Bay plays tonight, so they're going to be on short rest, but they get the Giants so uh, could be a coaster for the Bucks tonight. I'll say it's Tampa Bay by more than a field goal. I think there's some residual love for the Saints still. So I'm going to guess that it's four, and I may bet the Bucks.
3: Well, we're thinking the same. It's four and four and a half. I absolutely like the four and a half better. I think this number should be closer to six. Uh, the Saints are just not that good. Yeah. You know, you're talking about some residual love. Yeah, I think you're right. There's, we're still looking at this team like they're serious Super Bowl contenders as they were last year, the year before, year before that, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I don't think they are this year. I just don't think they're that good. Uh, you know, Breeze, it just can't get the ball downfield. And they're, they have some pieces that they've been missing in and out throughout the course of the year. Maybe they get healthy a lot of things going to happen. I mean, it's the NFL. Crazy things happen. But right now, I do not think this team is in the level of the Buccaneers, and I think the Bucks are getting better and better every week. They might sleepwalk through tonight's game. I know that. I kind of like them, even minus the number. But, you know, the, you know, we see crazy things happen in the NFL. They could win by 10, and the Giants never have a chance to win the game. Right. And, of course, then they don't cover. But this, I think this is a game. Where they will be primed for this game, and uh, I think four is a number you got to lay in this spot. Uh, you know, the Saints just aren't that good. And I think the Bucks are getting better and better every single week.
2: I love. People should know we do, we do not talk about these games beforehand, so we both had the same exact thing to say about this game without ever having talked to each other. Which is, we think it's lower than it ought to be, and this would be a bet on the uh, on the Bucks uh, from from our perspective. Monday night, God help us because I know we've had too many good matchups. What what I know the Jets <laughs> haven't been used yet, so it's probably a Jets game. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Patriots and the Jets. At Patriots at the Jets.
2: Ooh, this is kind of interesting
1: actually. So, it's interesting, Yeah. But it's not a good game.
2: No, it's not a good game. Patriots worst start since 2000. We can say this every week now. First four-game losing streak since 2002. Again, they lose to the Bills yesterday by a field goal. Had a chance to win it. Cam fumbles. (sighs) Cam Newton, 15 of 25 yesterday for 174. No touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked twice. He was 9 for 54 on the ground with a touchdown. But again, it's that fumble. That's all people will remember. Damian Harris, 16 for 102 on the ground with a touchdown. And the Jets yesterday in losing to the Chiefs, as I mentioned, just sort of inept, but to be expected. Sam Darnold, 18 of 30 for just 133. No touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked once. The Jets were 2 of 12 on third downs. They were 2 of 2 on fourth, but only 221 total yards, as we said earlier. So the Jets are the only winless team in football. The Steelers still the only undefeated team in football. But this is the Patriots at the Jets on a Monday night? Yes. Okay. Okay. Listen, are the Jets going to win at any point this year? And if they are going to win, isn't this the situation on a Monday night or perhaps more accurately, week 17? I know this because we've been talking about this prop at uh, DraftKings on on primetime action where they have the Jets to go winless. And we've talked about it before. It sort of got popular when it was plus 700 something. And we were like, that's a great bet. Now it's not a good bet because it's like plus 200-ish. But if you're looking at where could the Jets lose, it's that week 17 squirrely game against the Patriots, if so the Patriots have nothing to play for. Maybe that's the spot where the Jets win. But I don't know. This is a Monday night. And I get it, it's Bill Belichick, so the Patriots are going to be favored, and they're probably going to be favored by a nice, healthy amount. But that's because it's Belichick. What you see on the field? Now they got to get the Patriots have to get some bodies back, because yesterday, they didn't have Edelman, they didn't have him kill Harry. So it's like at some point, I don't care who you are. You have all those opt-outs on defense. You need bodies to win an NFL game. The Patriots almost beat the Bills yesterday, so I, they deserve a lot of credit for that. But could you also see them being in a dogfight fight with the Jets? I kind of could. I'm not saying the Jets are going to win, but whatever this number is, it's probably going to be more than it should be. I will say the Patriots minus six.
3: Ooh, you're low. I see it anywhere from seven uh to seven with decent juice on the favorite. I did see some seven and a half they seem to be gone unless you want to pay some uh an inordinate amount of juice uh, you know I kind of like the higher number here mm-hmm. i you know i I think I'm gonna probably open seven and a half. they'll so probably grab it off me uh but come Monday night I might be uh, i, I, I yeah, I'm probably going to be rooting for the Jets. Um, I don't know. I you know I think the Pats right now they they showed uh, they showed a lot of courage. They showed they're still a viable team. Uh, certainly getting points. But this may be a spot where they say, you know what, let's let it all hang out. We could beat a more button team like the Jets. Did the Jets cover one game so far this year? Is that what it is? No, I think they've covered one. No.
5: They're 0-7
2: they in your standings, any. and 0-7. And is it 0-7 or 0-8?
0: Yeah.
2: 0-7 in both.
0: Yeah, 0-7. Yeah,
2: ATS yeah. And straight
0: up. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I thought they might have covered against the Bills. I couldn't remember. Uh, I'd like the higher number. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to probably go open seven and a half. I'm sure they'll grab it off me, but I'm I'm willing to take a bet there. And uh, like I said, I think come Monday night, I'll probably be happy I got
2: it. Chrissy, you're right. So, they did cover
0: against they the Bills. disagree.
2: They did not cover? Yeah, it, was so, eight, yeah. it was 18 to 10. And I think they did cover that.
0: Yeah, they did because it was yeah. bet down. My did. bad. Yeah, they covered one spread. It yeah, moved. Uh, yeah, it got bet down. To a Bills
2: degree. won on teasers, but they but the Jets yeah. actually covered. Absolutely. You're right, Chrissy. Yeah, no, they, we we sold them short. They do have one cover. Yeah, uh, I thought so. Yeah, I had New yeah. England yesterday. Uh, every podcast I did, I had New England. They didn't end up being a contest pick for me because of all those injuries at the end of the week. Edelman and Harry, and it was just like, okay, like you know, like at some point, I really like the Patriots, but I can't play them in the contest. But I I had them every other which way um and they almost won the game i think i would steer as far clear of this monday night game as humanly possible
0: and just fyi the jets are 0 and 8. 0 and 8 0 and so 8. 1 and 7 against the o and, and 8
2: 1 and 7 against the spread i knew we'd figure it out by the end of the uh, by the end of the show o and 8 yeah. straight up 1 and 7 against the spread that is your new york jets everybody um okay so and the number is then what 7 in the end
3: I'm an open seven and a half. It's mostly seven, but seven. Most of the sevens have juice on the favorite. Okay, so put. But I'm an open seven and a half. Take a bet, and then we'll be at seven.
2: So you liked, it, from a betting standpoint, you liked a lot here, Chris. Yeah,
3: I got four games next to me that I kind of like. Um, I like the Broncos getting points. Ravens. I think you're buying low on a very, very good team. What probably. With you know maybe not the best team in the NFL, but certainly among the groups who could be second. I like the dolphins getting a big you know, a, a decent number, four and a half. And uh, I, I like the Bucks, which I think that number's kind of cheap against the Saints. I think the Saints are just not that good.
2: I like the Ravens, Washington and Tampa Bay. And I also like mechanically by the number. I like the Bears but I can't see myself pulling the trigger on it just because I I just don't trust that offense at all. So those are the ones, I mean, that's from a number standpoint, I think the bears Titans being six, that seems a little out of whack, but it's not like I'd rush to the counter to bet, bet the bears. I think I like a lot of these short favorites more than their number indicates. So I like Baltimore and Indianapolis. If it's just, what is the number again? Baltimore and Indianapolis. Three. Yeah, no, three. I like I definitely like Baltimore. I think Washington is better than a three or three and a half point favorite against the Giants. Whatever you said, it was.
3: Oh, yo, hang on one second, hang on. Yep. The Ravens game is going off the board pretty much everywhere.
0: That's because of the Marlon. I'm sure, because
3: of the yeah yeah.
0: That, that's because yeah. of Marlon That game's going positive.
3: off everywhere.
2: So that's the deal. So the, so COVID on A.J. Dillon with the Packers, short week here against the Niners, that's the most pressing because it's a Thursday night scheduled game. And now the Baltimore game with Marlon Humphrey testing positive this morning. That game against the Colts is off the board. The other one that I really like is Tampa Bay. If Tampa Bay's only four against the Saints, that might be an all-in irresponsible wager on my, on my part <laughs> on Sunday night. Chrissy, I speak on behalf of everybody. More than anything, we're so happy you're doing better. Continued improvements, sir.
3: Well, I'm happy. I'm doing better too. And thanks, to everybody. I got a lot of well wishers out there, and uh, thanks to all of them. I'm very honored that you would even think of me in a situation like this. Thank you very much. We're all thinking that. about you, man. And, you, know, good talking to you. You too, so, sir. I can yeah. Oh, we cut him. Oh, you got oh my God. That wasn't
1: me. We love it, Chris. Coming back. Enjoy good luck with tonight's game from all of us at V Sports Betting Network. From football playoffs to basketball madness.